Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Okay, so we recorded this entire episode last night, immediately after the Robin Roberts interview. And in it, we said, you know, we haven't watched Jimmy Kimmel yet, so anything discussed there won't be in this episode. Of course, naturally, we woke up this morning, we watched that, and we felt like it would be remiss for us to release this episode and not at least come on and just spend a minute or two discussing the Kim Pete discovery. When she said that he got her the outfit, the carpet, and the lamp from SNL from their, quote, first kiss for Valentine's Day, I was like, yes, this is exactly the type of gifts and the sentiment that she's looking for. Well, the thing is, when Jimmy initially showed that photo, he was saying it in a very joking manner. He asked, you know, is this the first time that you and Pete kissed? And she says, yes. And then I believe jokingly, he said to her, do you have that rug? And when she said, I actually do, he actually got me everything from that set for Valentine's Day. I was like, wait a second. And then, hold on, this completely got glazed over. They didn't even discuss it. But Jimmy then casually says in passing that when the Kardashians arrived for the interview, there was a massive delivery of flowers that Pete had sent to the set for Kim. And Jimmy makes a comment like, oh, does that make the other boyfriends look bad? And then they kind of move on from it. But I'm like, okay, you are giving us a lot of information to process. Well, the reason they move on is because Kendall says, I didn't even know that happened. Like, I think the piece of it in terms of the flowers that really did it for me was like, He's still in this era where he really wants to impress her, and he's making that very clear. Oh, totally. I mean, we've spoken about this for a while now, that one of the things about Kanye, which she did appreciate, even though she did crave the little things, is that he was an unbelievable gift giver. He was incredibly thoughtful, at times extravagant, and you know, yes, it wasn't everything, but it did make her feel really special. And so clearly, Pete realizes that in that one facet, he has large shoes to fill. Something I realized is that we know that the premiere is tonight for the Kardashians. So you know what I'm thinking. This could be the big Kim and Pete red carpet debut. I think it's going to be. I will die. 
I really think it's going to be. I think this is the perfect event for her to do this because, I mean, it's her show. She she runs this shit. Like, of course she's going to bring him. I don't know. I could be totally off. But my gut would be definitely he's going to be there. And I would not be surprised if they walked the red carpet together. From a PR perspective, it would certainly be the time to do so. Also, I know that when we decided that we were going to come on and do this little insert and just talk about the Pete and Kim thing, we were like, okay, that's really all there was to the interview. I really liked the interview. Like, If we weren't just doing this as an insert, I probably could have spoken a lot more about it. I liked it too. When I watched it before you, all I was saying is that it wasn't anything profound. It wasn't like we got great insight. It was like a fun watch. Of course, I could watch them play bullshit games with Jimmy Kimmel all day, but it wasn't like you know, gripping. But you know what was interesting was the one piece of information we really did get was that Courtney and Travis fully intended on getting married. They looked for a marriage license and I guess they couldn't get one, which was very confusing to me because even Kim interjected was like, I was definitely drunk at 3 a.m. and ours was a real marriage license when we got married. So I'm not sure how they weren't able to make that work. I need to know more about the logistics of getting drunk married in Vegas. Well, someone was probably watching over them because as you made the point of in this episode that we recorded last night, I do think Chris would have been saddened to not be there, even though she said she knew about it. It was in the group chat. I think in retrospect, they will be happy to have had their entire family there when they actually make it official. Yeah, for sure. I love Chris and her Edna Mode era. <laughs> Listen, she can do no wrong, but I am so much more of a fan of the short hair. I love to see her be a little playful, though. Like, mm-hmm. her hair as it is, is is it. Like, don't change a thing. But to come on Kimmel and throw a wig on, I'm here for it. I support you, Chris. It was funny when he said that she's actually never been on the couch. She's always just been backstage. I didn't realize that. I love her on camera. Like, I think that she should join them on these interviews more. I think she brings a really great perspective and a really great dynamic to what they have. She totally does. And I was actually trying to pinpoint what it was when I was watching this Kimmel clip. And I think what it is, is that obviously over the years, they've all become increasingly more comfortable on camera and on these type of interview shows. And in general, they care less. You know, they do so many that not everyone is such a big deal. They can be slightly less calculated or a little bit more fun. But Chris is really in her like, I don't give a fuck era, which partially comes with age, partially comes with success. And I think she's always just had that in her. Now she's just really letting it fly. So she really brings that. Absolutely. Okay. So we will leave you guys with this episode, but we obviously just had to come on and discuss that for a moment because it would be weird if we didn't. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Can I be honest with you? You're disappointed. Yes, I feel like I have whiplash from that ABC special. It was a lot of back and forth. Like It was a little hard to follow even as somebody who knew everything. (laughs) Like kind of the way I feel is that it was almost false advertising because I was really expecting a full sit down interview where we were going to get insight that we had been really craving. And that's not really what happened. It was kind of like, you know, information session on the Kardashians, which is great. I'll watch that a million times over, but I guess it becomes less and less interesting when you feel like you could teach the class, you know? Here's a realization that I had watching that. Like that wasn't for us. That was promo for the show. They don't need to target promo at us because we're going to watch all of the super fans, all of the fans who kind of went into that special thinking that they were getting a sit down interview and further information that that special wasn't targeted at us or it wasn't created for us. It was created for all of the people who they're trying to target to watch the new show. And that was something that I didn't even think about going into this. 
Right. Like kind of the way that I felt about it is this was a perfect piece of content that you could show that family member you have or that friend you have that doesn't really understand the Kardashians or maybe is slightly skeptical as to their business success. Like I would love to sit them down in front of the TV and be like, here's an hour crash course. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to see the rise. Whereas you're right. Like, And we got an inbox from someone tonight that was so fitting. They said, I don't need to see commentators discussing the history of the Kardashians. I could write that anthology. I want an interview. And that's how I felt. Like, I don't mean to sound ungrateful. I'm happy it happened, obviously. But I really was expecting a sit-down interview. And I feel like we were bamboozled slightly. That's how I feel. Like, we should sue ABC for false advertising. But I will say that in reality, what we got made more sense. Because this is the conversation we were having last week where we were like, how do you give promo for a show where you're giving out information to advertise for the show that is all about the information you're going to be getting. And so it made almost more sense to do it this way because there was no information giving. You still have to watch the show. If you're somebody who stumbled upon this special and maybe you didn't care about the Kardashians and this targeted you and intrigued you, then you're going to tune into the show because it accomplished the goal that it accomplished. If you're somebody who was a Kardashian fan that was really just looking for information. You're looking for the Courtney and Travis update. You're looking for the Tristan and Chloe update. You want to know about Kim and Pete. Like you're going to watch the show even if you didn't plan on it because this interview didn't give you any of the information you were looking for. And if you're like us, you were watching the show regardless. Right. We're going to watch the show regardless. We were going to watch the interview regardless. As I always say, they have us by the balls and that's okay. We're self-aware enough to acknowledge that. I think what happened for me, kind of like how you said you had the realization that this wasn't meant for us, which it totally wasn't. I also think I was coming to terms with the fact that our level of knowledge about this family is so deep that even the content that is sold to the audience is the most intriguing feels relatively minimal. I find that this happens actually continuously. And I don't know whether I blame it on the fact that they're so well media trained that they found a way to not give us information or if these interviews just aren't for us anymore. Yes. Like we are probably realistically going to get a lot more out of Kim's 10 second Insta story that she films in her bathroom and you hear North saying something funny in the background. And that's okay. It's fine that you know, we've passed the threshold of these things being for us. By the way, though, just on a production note, I want to say two things. The first is, this is not a comment on Robin Roberts because I actually thought she did an excellent job. It was more so I wasn't expecting there to be this constant insertion of these commentators' perspectives. And I felt like just everything aside, strictly from a production element, it felt too choppy. I mean, no, it definitely wasn't anything to do with Robin Roberts, because if anything, we wanted more of her. But I agree. I mean, it was very choppy. It was very all over the place. The one thing I will say is that I actually found the most interesting part of the whole thing, and not that it was new information at all, but I found the most interesting part to be specifically about Kylie. Yes, I kind of did too, even though she wasn't featured. I think something that I hadn't thought about before was the fact that all of them having their individual brands and growing in that way came from Kylie. And there was a moment in the show tonight where they were talking about like their wealth expanded greatly once they stopped advertising for other people and started advertising for themselves. And I had never thought about it that way. And all of that was a result of Kylie. Okay. So two things that for sure was the most interesting moment for me as well, because it's not that we didn't know that information, but when they put it like that, I think I kind of had that aha moment. Although I did go back to 
Kim's first ever fragrance, the Kim Kardashian by Kim Kardashian, which I don't know the business logistics associated with that in terms of the back end, but at least outwardly, it was not in association with any other brand. But I don't know how that worked in terms of her owning the entire thing. So yes, the Kylie Cosmetics thing and that kind of being the thing that jump-started this empire was a slight light bulb moment for me. Also, just in terms of things they actually said, when Chloe was talking about Tristan, even though we got a total of 45 seconds about it, and she said, you know, I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great dad, but he's just not the guy for me. That was pretty telling. It's interesting the way that Kim and Chloe specifically speak about the men in their lives. And for example, when Chloe is talking about Tristan and she says, you know, he's a great dad. He's a great guy. He's just not the guy for me. The reason I found that interesting is because I understand speaking respectfully, obviously, of course, about the father of your daughter. Like they all do a really, really great job of that, I think. But interesting that she chose to say he's a great guy. She could have said he's a great dad. I want him to be in True's life. He's just not the guy for me and gotten that point across the same. It's interesting as the viewer, I think, or as a fan to feel so hurt on someone's behalf like you are for Chloe, and then still hear her describe the person who hurt her in that way. Totally. And when I view it, I don't think her saying that is at all a representation of how hurt she actually was or is by him. I think that that is absolutely a mode of self-preservation or protection that she has decided to utilize, you know, basically not piling on in the slightest anytime she's talking about it publicly. I think that feels helpful to her and it's kind of a coping mechanism. But all of that to be said, on top of the fact when Robin asks her, you know, perhaps the thing she's looking for the most in a man, safety is the thing that she lists number one. And I mean, to me, that is what we have been saying for, I don't even know how long, probably the last year, anytime we've spoken about Chloe romantically, we've spoken about the concept of safety and how that has really been robbed from her repeatedly. So it's not that I didn't know that. I, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that she would want safety, but to hear her say it and then to talk about it in the context of Tristan and how she had initially felt safe, it does give you a greater understanding of what she would now want going forward. And honestly, also how traumatized she is from having that safety pulled from her. She feels, it's it's a kind of like, I think she feels unanchored, which is a really scary concept, you know? Oh, absolutely. Here's my question for you though going back to the point that I made originally, do you think that Chloe thinks that Tristan is a good guy? It's such a hard question. I want to say no. At the same time, I think it is slightly too hard for her to fully accept that because it's the father of her child. And I do believe that he is a good father and that she views him to be a good father and that she actually enjoys his personality. But I don't know. I mean, the counter argument to that is that maybe she thinks, yes, he is a good guy and she's allowed herself to kind of make excuses for his behavior as to why what he did is not representative of his character. There's a lot of different ways to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I don't know the answer. I don't know if you can sum up somebody's entire good versus bad into their worst actions, but I I do think it's an interesting question. And and that was my whole point in saying like it's an interesting line to throw in when it didn't need to be thrown in. To call him a good guy when it's an unnecessary line when you've already described him as a good father, which is as much as you really need to say. It's just it it intrigues me the fact that she did that. Wait, as you were talking just now, I thought about my answer. I don't even remember what I said, but this is how I feel in this moment. This could change in 10 minutes. I actually think 
yes, Chloe does believe or tells herself that Tristan is a good guy that it just didn't work out with because I actually think it is a more painful reality for her to accept that this is a bad guy that I chose because I think it goes back into the whole conversation we've had previously about like when you continually get yourself into situations with people that then turn out to wrong you at a certain point, you start to question your own judgment, which is really kind of a disorienting feeling because obviously the number one thing you want to have confidence in no matter what goes on around you is that you can trust your own decision-making skills. So I think for Chloe to have to accept that a guy she is now permanently tied to for life is factually a bad person, and I'm not saying he is, but for her to view him in that way, I actually think it's harder for her to process herself. That's my final answer. Again, this could literally change in 10 minutes. But now that I thought about it a little more, that's what I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I don't know 100% what I think, but I think that there's, of course, also the difference between how she chooses to perceive the situation versus what her deepest, most inner thoughts that she can't even admit to herself are. So like, you know, those could also be two different things. I want to go back also to Kim and what I was saying before about like the way that Kim and Chloe specifically speak about the men in their lives and specifically the way that Kim speaks about Kanye. Something that I thought she said that was really interesting was when she was talking about his social media antics and, you know, the way she chooses to speak about him publicly, which she acknowledges a little bit more than I think Chloe does, where she says, like, I, I'm not going to say a bad word about him publicly and I'm not going to say a bad word about him to my kids. As always, he is your father. He's the best person in your life. Something that she said that was really interesting was she said, you know, I've always been a fan of Kanye speaking his mind, so I'm not going to turn my back on that fact now. I remember in the beginning when Kanye was posting, a lot of the criticism that Kim got was, you know, well, she always knew he was like this. Now he's just doing it to her. And so it's interesting to hear her be so calm about that fact and still put that opinion out there of, you know, I've always supported him speaking his mind. I can't just change my mind about that fact now. I am so glad that that is the moment that you just decided to pinpoint because that's what I was thinking as well. Do you remember the episode we did where we were just recording along whatever we were talking about? And then all of a sudden, that's when Kim responded via Instagram story to Kanye's post. Remember that that episode where we were like literally reporting live? Of course. In that episode, I remember saying specifically, I think it's a really difficult spot for Kim to be in because she has been his biggest cheerleader for exactly that. And now it's turned against her. And I think when we were talking about it, I said something like, this is why it's actually not an attractive quality when the guy is like a dick to everyone else, but he's nice to you. Like, I think a lot of times people take that as a really endearing thing when actually like what you really want is for the person to be kind to every single person and you're not an exception of that because it's like a false sense of feeling special. I know that's a little different from what we're saying here. She was speaking here just about him being outspoken, but the two are kind of related. Yeah, it absolutely goes hand in hand. It's just that I think that a lot of people, when they've heard Kim speak about this quality of Kanye in the past in terms of him speaking his mind and never being afraid to say what he's thinking – their initial reaction would be, well, that really came back to bite you in the ass, didn't it? In a lot of ways, of course it did. I mean, what he put her through is, I think Kim wouldn't wish this on her worst enemy. It's it's harassment. It's it's made every single ounce of this divorce process difficult and terrible and awful and, and draining, of course. But I do think that there's an awareness that Kim has about herself and the way she's spoken about herself and Kanye in the past that she continues to have. Because to not backpedal on that statement and to really stick true to the fact that that is a quality in Kanye that I like, whether it hurts me or not, 
I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I didn't expect that to be the case with her. I didn't expect her to say that, but I was, I don't know if I was happy to hear her say that, but I almost like, I, I think respected is a weird word, but I did. I think it was a level of awareness that I respected. I think that what I was taken by was what I view to be a real understanding or awareness of how hypocritical she could potentially come across if she didn't make that point, even though I do believe that she really meant it. And it's it's kind of a weird conversation even for us to have, like as I'm hearing us discuss it, because so much of what Kanye was doing was factually harassment. I mean, we talked about this numerous times. There's nothing funny about that. And to conflate that with self-expression, I think is very scary territory in some ways. But for the point that I think she was speaking to, which wasn't his behavior as a whole, just specific points, I, I believe that she understood how hypocritical it could have come across. Yeah, I think so, too. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. I also want to say that we are recording this before their episode with Jimmy Kimmel airs. So if there are any valuable pieces of information there, we'll have to talk about that next week because we purposely waited until 9.30 Wednesday night to record so that we could do the interview. And honestly, like 
I don't know, it's totally fine that we did, but in retrospect, I don't think that it was worthy necessarily of waiting. Do you? Um, I'm not sure because I think that's something that's hilarious. And I don't know if it says more about them or us is the ability to analyze when there's nothing to analyze. No, it says more about us. I mean, they give a lot, but we are sick. This is par for the course for us. Like we could have watched 10 minutes of that. And I still think that we could have picked apart and analyzed. Like basically what this entire episode has become in like the most hilarious, best way possible is an analysis of everything that like we didn't get. (laughs) Yeah, that that honestly, that's fair. But there's two things that I wanted to say. The first is, and I'm not saying this to be funny. It's not supposed to be like a sly remark. This is a genuine observation. If you sat down to watch this Robin Roberts special and you knew nothing about the family, you would finish it at nine o'clock and have absolutely zero idea that they had a brother named Rob. Talk about an analysis of things we didn't get. Rob is the prime example. But I do think that that's out of respect for him. No, no, it totally is, at least in my perspective. I think it's a combination of not wanting to highlight the ways in which specifically business-wise, he falls short in comparison to the rest of the family, but also just out of respect for his privacy. Like he clearly is at a point in his life and he has decided this many years ago that this he's a very, very important member of the family. He does not wish to be an important member of the empire, which is two different things while also being the same thing, which is a whole other analysis point that we could get into as well. Right. And Clearly, this comes up the most when Chris is discussing it because she's talking about it from the perspective of the matriarch and her six children. And if you're watching this and you didn't know, you're counting in your head and you know you're one short, but you don't know who she's talking about because not only is he never referenced by name, but also all of the conversations around it are about the women in this family, the sisters. And I agree with you. It is out of respect for him. This is a choice that he has made. I don't think that he at all aspires to build his life in the way that they have publicly, but it's just... It's kind of almost wild how they've managed to do it relatively seamlessly. Right. Well, I think that they operate under the assumption first that, you know, we've been on this ride long enough with them to fully understand why that's the case. Like to fully understand Rob's character arc and what happened and why he's chosen not to be a part of the show anymore and not to be a part of the brand in the way that the others have chosen to be a part of it. So I think that's the first thing. I think they're able to quote, get away with it. And not that I think they're trying to get away with anything, but maybe not call attention to it in the way that other people would like them to by really focusing on the women in business. Like this is about the women of the family. So yeah, it's kind of a natural thing when they're talking about what they've built to be able to leave Rob out of that conversation, not in any sort of way that makes him feel less than or lacking in the family or not a part of the family. It's just, he's not a woman in the family of a strong female built empire. Yeah, exactly. And it it fits the narrative and it also, I think, fits his personal prerogative. So it works. But I had a moment when I was watching where, of course, I'm always aware of his presence. But I really said, if I sat down and I didn't know, I really wouldn't know. And I think a lot of the times maybe he's mentioned this was one where it was it was really not mentioned uh, in the slightest. But I also want to talk for a second about Courtney because I mean, she got very little airtime. Again, I I didn't love the way that they did this. And when we had seen the previews and it was all those individual sit downs, I think we expected that it was going to be like 10 straight minutes of Chloe, 10 straight minutes of Kim, so on and so forth. This was what? Two minutes of Courtney, would you say? Three? Yeah. I mean, and the others didn't get many minutes more than that either. Right. But when... 
Courtney was saying that, you know, she sometimes says to him, like, can you believe this? Courtney and Travis, like they had been friends forever. And she said, I knew that when we looked into each other's eyes and it became physical, that it would kind of be game over. She said something to that effect. It's like, oh, hearing that and just a few hours earlier, you're seeing the photos from their Vegas wedding, which we'll obviously get into. It's just, it's absolutely thrilling to watch as far as I'm concerned. I mean, and this is the information that we've always wanted. From the day that they got together, we've always sat there and been like, how did this go from friendship to romantic? We need somebody to fill in those pieces. And every single time she talks about this relationship and as the show is um, is upon us, we know that we're inching closer and closer to getting those questions answered. But I think that she is really understanding the fact that that's the key piece of information that we're looking for. Oh, she's very aware of it. I mean, we've said this every week. She's just glowing. Even in the two and a half minutes that she gets on this special, you can see there is like a very internal sense of just calmness, serenity, peace that she's exuding. I'm so happy for her. I really am. It's an amazing thing to see. And it's amazing to watch somebody get to that place. Like, of course, we've been on this ride with Courtney for so long and we've seen so many different aspects of her personality. For the past, let's say, five seasons of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, to watch her go from the person she was and like really be like, wow, I'm I'm like concerned about Courtney and the way she's acting to being like, wow, she is so happy and she's glowing and exuding an energy that you've never seen before. That's a wild thing to get to because you take somebody like Chloe, for example, where it's like, okay, we've seen you go through so much, but your personality has always stayed so stagnant with Courtney, that has clearly not been the case. And you've watched her just become a happier, calmer, more content person. And you don't always get to see that with people. Oh, right. And especially within this family where, like you said, no matter what's going on in their life, their personalities remain relatively consistent. And it does seem like a massive personality shift. I think a lot of people would argue that this was her truest self that was potentially just being suppressed by some of the life events she was experiencing. But yeah, it's it's a joy. I mean, I know this would be the most natural transition to talk about the Vegas wedding, which we can do, but I physically need to talk about Pete and North and potentially Penelope in the pink moke. Is that okay with you if we do that first or do you want to do Kravis wedding? No, I I need to do Pete and North first. I'm going to combust if we don't. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Then the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. 
like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Okay, so it is Tuesday night, I don't know, around 8 or so p.m. I'm in the shower and I get out of the shower to probably like 26 texts in the last two minutes from Julian Isabel. And it's just, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I have no idea what's going on. I scroll up and I see the pink moke that we were talking about at length on Monday's episode that Scott posted of Pete with Pete North and what we think is Penelope inside of it. And if this is not the content we have been wanting, I, I, I don't know what is. Not just Pete and North. North sitting on Pete's lap while he's driving her around in this moke. I mean, I... I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that this is the way in which we got the confirmation that Pete has met Kim's kids. Just them alone in the smoke together and Penelope there too, presumably. Also, I can't believe the role the pink moke is playing in all of this. Here we are thinking it was just a means of Postmates delivery for Scott. And it's it's so much more than that. Well, it's funny because in the special tonight, they were talking about how, you know, anytime the Kardashians are associated with anything, there is a check that is being cut. Like that guy was talking about how Chris said very early on, if you want Kim there, she's going to get paid for it. And not that I ever thought that the Moke Christmas gift wasn't on some part sponsored, but God, this is the best coverage Moke could ever pay for. I mean, I, I feel like even in our own lives, the amount of times we've said moke in the past two months has quadrupled. Why are you acting like we haven't been on the moke website designing exactly what ours would look like, which by the way, fun activity that you guys can do. You can design the grill color, the exterior color, the interior color. Like you can really go to town, which we have all done. I don't know why Julie's acting like we have it. <laughs> I'm not acting like we haven't. Like I'm <laughs> obsessed with the moke. Like the, the moke, hire us. Like, like we'll do an ad for you. Like I like <laughs> I'll drive north around on my lap in a pink moke. I don't care. <laughs> It's, it is really funny how Moke has entered the conversation with such force. I would love to speak to their brand manager. If I was Moke, I would text Balenciaga and be like, guess what? This divorce is mine now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking funny, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys, it's wild. This is This is the photographic confirmation that we wanted. And also like... Can I say something? This is like totally going to bring down the mood. I don't mean to, but I have to just get it out. Is that okay with you? Yeah, go ahead. It's like Kim is talking in this interview, for example, about how at peace she feels with him and how she's very much a relationship girl and she wouldn't engage in something if she didn't find it to be serious. And I believe all of that. I really do believe that she loves him and I'm not downplaying their relationship. However, we have said since the beginning, like this makes so much sense for her right now. There's just no world in which we could envision this being end game. Like if it is great for her, not trying to put a timestamp on it, just if you're asking, it doesn't feel like something we think is is feasible. And then these clips have come out and it's funny seeing the reaction from followers that send it to us and be like, wait, were we off? Like, do you guys think they could be end game? And to me, it's so not my personality to like shut down something that has potential. I don't mean to do that. I'm loving this for them. But 
the picture of him with North brings up the very real question that I don't think it's unfair to ask, which is, I thought, I, I believe that he said this before, that Pete wants to have his own children. And to me, I would view that to be the biggest roadblock in terms of their relationship progressing because I don't envision a world in which Kim would want to have more children. Is that like overstepping for me to speculate on that? No, I don't think it's overstepping. I think it's a fair question. It's not like it's entirely out of the question. I guess maybe if you're Pete and you don't want to broach that subject yet, you're not willing to like blow up this relationship for the sake of this very real future conversation, you can keep in the back of your mind, well, okay, Travis and Courtney got together and she has three kids and they're going to have a baby together. Like maybe that is something that Kim would want to explore as well. Again, I'm not saying that that's a conversation that they've had, but I think that if you're Pete and you're really serious about this and you're like, okay, I want to stay with her, but I also know that I'm looking to have kids in the future, you can hold on to that piece of hope and maybe it delays the end of the relationship. And maybe if Kim is really, really serious about this, and I'm not saying this is the case, I'm just saying in the hypothetical scenario where this conversation is had and Pete's like, listen, this is a deal breaker for me. Like I want to have a kid of my own. Like it's really important to me. Is it the craziest thing for Kim to say, okay, like I'll, I'll have, I mean, if they're really serious, if they've been together for years now and Kim wants to go through the surrogacy thing again, and is it the craziest thing for Kim to say, okay, I'll have a fifth kid? I, I, no, it's it's not the craziest thing. I mean, who knows? I just, in she has, the only reason I say that is because she has spoken so much about how four is really her maximum. She was like, well, if it was up to Kanye, he'd have six. And I just know that she has spoken about publicly how she, you know, fours is just kind of her limit. I don't listen. This whole conversation really is built on hypotheticals because the two things exist so strongly in my mind. It's like I love them together right now. I think it is so great for both of them. I can't get enough. At the same time, I can't envision a world in which it's endgame. So that's why, like, this is honestly one of the first times that I've really thought about this conversation because I've never even allowed myself, I guess, to get there. And I still, if you really asked me, like, I had to answer yes or no. You know, what's the answer? I guess I would still sadly say no. I don't think it's endgame, but I don't know. I'm, I'm literally just talking out loud as I'm thinking. Other people have had to have thought about this. It can't just be us. And I, of and course, they have. Yeah. People in our DMs have. I mean, it's, it's definitely a conversation that's occurring. I, I think everyone's trying to figure out, like, is, is this even possibly endgame? Not is this endgame, just like, does this even have the possibility to go a distance that we from the start of this relationship, assume that it never even would get close to. If you were to ask me when they first started dating, when those pictures first came out of them holding hands on the roller coaster, if he would meet her kids one day, I would have said to you, absolutely not. This is not what this relationship is. But every single event, it seems to progress and become a little bit more serious and a little bit more serious to the point where you then have to ask yourself, okay, this is clearly not just them hanging out. This clearly isn't just like an intense you know, couple months love affair that then, you know, they go their separate ways. Like this is a real relationship. And anytime you're in a real relationship, I think you say to your partner, or you, you know, kind of present a front where it's like, you know, we're taking it day by day, but like we wouldn't be together if we didn't see a future together. It's funny, Julie, you're saying when I saw those first photos of them on the roller coaster, like if you asked me if we, he would ever meet their kids, I'd say, no, I'll do you one better. We didn't even think those were real. It's just like when you really look back on the last few months and you think about how we, and I'm saying we collectively, all of us have had to kind of shift our, you know, 
perception of this relationship, it's just, it's wild. I don't know. It's almost overwhelming. It kind of like makes my brain hurt when I think about it for, for too long, but she's happy. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? This, that she is absolutely glowing. Yeah. I mean, you're right though. Like we've every step of the way have had to shift our thinking as to what's happening. And you and I both, every time there's like a new celebrity couple, like we always get accused of just jumping the gun. Like we are so optimistic. We're like, oh, could this be it? Is this end game for her? And this to me is like the only couple where we've continuously been like, okay, well, there's an expiration date on this. Like, okay, well, this has to end sometime soon. And so it's not that I think that this is going the distance or that they're going to get to the point where they have the conversation about having kids. It's just that I've been so wrong every step of the way that I can't feasibly rule that out. Right. That's what I'm saying. I I do feel it's kind of like the Chloe thing that we were talking about earlier. Like it's a very weird sensation when you feel like your sense of judgment is completely off over something that you actually feel you're really knowledgeable on. Like I feel like we're as good as anyone to analyze, you know, the prospects of Kim's dating life yet. God, we couldn't have been more off. Couldn't oh have been God. more off. It's wild. Did, this is so random. Did you see when we posted that video of Jack Harlow, a lot of people responding saying like, he sounds exactly like Brad Pitt? Yes. If you are listening to this podcast right now, I have two questions for you. The first is, if you saw the video of Jack Harlow on our story, or if not any other video of him, did you think that he sounded like Brad Pitt? And the second question is, even if you don't, have you heard that conversation being had? Because that was the first time I had ever heard it. Did you think that that was the case when they said it? Like, was that, did you have a moment where you're like, oh, that makes sense? Like, uh, not really. I, I don't know. I didn't, I have to listen to both of them talk more. It didn't jump out to me. I don't, I'm not like I'm saying people are crazy, but it definitely did not jump out to me. It didn't jump out to me either. And the reason I was asking you is because I, I guess I was, I was wondering if it was like a me thing where like, I just like don't hear the similarities in people's voices as easily as other people's or if like you also didn't hear that and was surprised by the fact that so many people happen to have picked up on that fact that I still don't hear. No, I definitely don't think that it's just a you thing. I don't think the similarity is as strong as some people were making it out to be. Although multiple people unrelated to one another said that to us. Like it wasn't like they were saying it publicly to get a reaction. They were literally just saying it to us in our DMs. I also think that I realized I don't know Brad Pitt's voice as well as you would think that I would. Like when I, when they were saying that initially, I didn't go to any of his speeches. I went to the fast times at Ridgemont High Zoom that he did with Jen, when he said, hey, Aniston, like that is the part of his voice that my mind went to when people were making that comparison. What do you think is the most anticipated event of April? The Kardashians premiere or Jack Harlow's song dropping on Friday? I'm not kidding. Jack Harlow by a long shot, right? Honestly, if you look at the numbers, probably the Kardashians premiere. But based on my TikTok feed, Jack Harlow is doing something that that is like really remarkable just in terms of getting the you know public on board i've never heard a snippet of a song go viral in the way that this one snippet has the only thing that i could compare it to is when in justin's youtube documentary when the when he was singing the preview of red eye like that one snippet of the song and everyone was like oh my god i can't wait for this to drop i can't wait for this drop and then the album came out and it wasn't on it and then he did a triple deluxe version and that one snippet was completely changed everyone was like Wait, so you're telling me that we spent months on this app waiting for that little snippet of a song to become a real song and you completely changed it? Like, that's the only time that I can think of a snippet going viral like that. 
I'm sure there are so many others. The reason that this one sticks out for me so much is because the virality of it is so closely associated with like the sexual component. The fact that every single person that's posting it is not just posting because they like the song. It's because they watch that 10 second clip of him in the studio and they're like, I want to have sex with you and I will sign the NDA that he has said in an interview that he gives out. Like that's what, if you go on TikTok right now, I would say for a lot of us, that's just our For You page. I will literally write up the NDA myself. I will hand write it and sign it. But I guess what I'm saying is it's not just like a portion of a song going viral. It's a portion of a song that hasn't even been released yet going viral. That's all we've gotten. Do you know how insane that is if you're an artist to post a preview of a song and have it be viral before the song is even dropped? That's the dream as an artist. I actually want to hold off on this Jack Harlow conversation because I feel like we're going to have a lot more to say on Monday. And I already can tell we're, we're screwing ourselves content-wise because there's not that much other things that have happened. And I feel like after the song comes out, we can have a much more lengthy discussion because if you're up for that, I am so up for it. Because by the way, the reason I think that it's a fun one to have is because like I get the appeal, but I'm not in it directly. Like I'm not on the receiving end. I, you, you, I think, are more than me, right? Yeah, of course. I always end up in this position though. No, I just think that people that we talk about are more like your type historically. Yeah. Like, like for example, my ultimate, right? Ben Affleck. Like Ben Affleck's not going viral on TikTok for a song that he's releasing. This is what I mean to say. Your crushes are significantly more of the moment than mine. Mine are a lot more of like the classically handsome type. But you know what's funny is like now we're getting into a whole other discussion. I was actually thinking about this today. Like my type in terms of celebrity who I'm into that's very of the moment it does not translate to not celebrity in the slightest. No, it really doesn't at all. And I think that that really just goes to show that so much of the appeal isn't necessarily physical. It's so much more of what they bring. Totally. Because if I were to describe the only person I would say, not the only person, like, but the main person I would say who would be the overlap between celebrity and what I would actually describe my type as is Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, don't even talk to me about that. Don't you think that's like a fair person to say, though? Like that is 100% the overlap for me. Yes, 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 100%. You're like typically a guy that you would go for is not one that's like covered in tats or super, super skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't. I I can't talk about Jake Gyllenhaal. It's it's like overwhelming. It's painful, um, right? I know. He's one. It's pain. Like, yes, painful. He's on the same level as uh, Ben Affleck for me. Yeah, I I so, so, so get it. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you, or budget airlines with cheap fares but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right, you don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. 
People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Okay, this Vegas wedding, you ready for this shit? I am ready for this, yeah. <laughs> Nothing like soft launching a wedding. (laughs) I think that this is going to be considered a hot take or just maybe surprising coming from us. And we didn't even discuss it. So I don't know how you feel about this. When this news initially broke, people were like, oh my God, you guys are probably losing it. And nine out of 10 times when people say that we are, I just, for some reason, wasn't really with them because I knew whether or not they had a marriage license, which we found out that they didn't, so they weren't actually legally married, whether or not they got legally married in Vegas, it didn't really change anything. They're still going to have this massive extravaganza planned by Mindy Weiss, and it's going to be a whole thing. And so I guess for me, like, I don't know, it just didn't do much. I knew they were getting married anyway. So what if it's legal in Vegas or not? Do you think I'm like totally wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong. I think that when I initially thought that they had gotten legit married, I was really thrown off. Like I was, I was quote losing it in the sense of like, I, I both could and couldn't believe that they would have done that. I couldn't believe that they would have like deprived their entire families of the opportunity to be at their wedding wedding. Obviously they were always going to have like a really extravagant wedding, even if they had done the Vegas thing, even if they had done the, you know, the whole Joe and Sophie thing. But I just couldn't believe that they would have made that decision, especially because like, Courtney getting married is a very big deal. Like, I think Chris would have been crushed even if it was just a little ceremony and they had gotten legally married and they were still going to do this whole thing. Like, I think Chris would have been absolutely crushed to not be there. So I was really thrown off at first. As soon as I found out that there was no marriage certificate and it was kind of like a thing that they had just done for fun, I was like, why are we making such a big deal out of this still? They're like not married. Like you and I could have gone and done that in Vegas too. It doesn't mean anything. 
good point about Chris. Totally. I think that that would have been kind of heartbreaking for her. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just seems so on brand to me. And especially there was a video that somebody posted where you could see that like Courtney was definitely kind of tipsy. And I think they were, they were having a fun night. They were a little bit drunk and they just said, fuck it. I don't know. The whole thing seems so on brand for them. This like intense passion, desire, inability to keep their hands off of one another at 2 a.m. They have no choice but to go to this, you know, chapel in Vegas and profess their love to one another, even if it's not official. So to me, I was like, yeah, this actually is par for the course. It felt really fun to me. Like, I was happy that they did this. It felt really lighthearted and funny and like not as serious as everything in their relationship has kind of been so far. And also, like, while we're kind of exposing ourselves here, like we posted that comment from Kim within like the second that she posted, like I think we had like a 17 second timestamp on it of like the the church emoji. And we posted like a million exclamation points, like as the caption. And then I was looking at that like an hour later and I was like, why do we, why do we make such a big deal out of it? Like I would like, I know I'm fully exposing us here, but like I had a moment of confusion where I was like, why do we have to post this so quickly? Like with a 17 second, not that important comment. <laughs> How do we never discuss this, Julie? I had that realization too because I I sent you the screenshot of the 17 second. I was like, make sure you use mine. I got the 17. And then I looked at it and I was like, wait, are we like weird? <laughs> like, like, yeah, I'm actually dying that you never once said that to me until this moment. I felt the same way. I was like, wait. <laughs> I, you know what it was for me? It wasn't even like the 17 second timestamp. It was like the caption of the exclamation points. I was like, wait, what are we excited about? It wasn't legal. I don't know. I think I was just excited about the whole thing. I just love the content. What can I tell you? I fucking love the content. I do too. Oh my God. It really, this is one of the funniest things that's ever happened on this podcast. <laughs> I feel really free that you just said that. I have to ask Isabel after. We have to ask her if she felt the same way. You know, no matter what, she'll say yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> wow. Well, I I just had fun. Did you have fun? <laughs> of course we had fun. It was the Kardashian bonus show. Courtney and Travis basically got fake married and we treated it like it was real. North and Pete are best friends. Pete and Scott are best, best friends. And we got a disappointing Robin Roberts interview. What more could you ask for for an episode? <laughs> nothing. As far as I'm concerned, nothing. Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Isabel and I will be back on Friday. So tomorrow for Bravo. I know we normally do it earlier, but Isabel does not have a voice. So we're praying. There's been a lot of throw coat and honey and lozenges. And we are praying that by tomorrow we'll be good to record that one. So I appreciate your patience. There was literally nothing else that we could do. And yeah, we'll see you guys on Monday for the regular episode. Thanks for doing this with us. It's so much fun. 